1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059theregion or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and the expert on all matters real estate is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Hello, Asif. Hi, Tina. Let's get started with a question from one of our listeners. Deb wants to know if commercial real estate is a good investment if you want a rental property. It really is. I mean, there's risk factors involved, but there's so many different types of commercial investment that you can make. There's retail, there's industrial, there's commercial, and there's multi-level proper, uh, multi-unit properties as well. So depending on your risk tolerance, we can find the right property for you and get you started. Okay, you sound like a financial advisor here, risk tolerance. What do I need to know going in? What kind of investment am I looking at? Um, how big is this risk? Well, if you're looking at office space, uh, you know, generally there's a lot of vacancy for office space right now. In industrial, you're going to need more space uh, to purchase, and then you have a limited number of uh, tenants that would want that space. Uh, If you're looking at commercial space, it depends. I mean, restaurants, you could find a restaurant tenant, uh, you know, every day of the week. However, what is the failure rate for restaurants it's huge it's about 50 percent so if you're going to be looking at a commercial tenant you probably want a medical office or you want you know a big chain that's gonna be there for a while so that's what i mean by risk tolerance you want to limit your risk and at the same time you want to make sure that you're dabbling in the right type of commercial market so i guess i need an expert and i'm assuming that there is a real estate agent who has expertise or familiarity in the commercial real estate area? There is. I I mean, there's there's a lot of commercial real estate agents around. Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to be speaking with Craig Snow, broker, owner of REMAX Nova from Nova Scotia. And uh, he's going to be able to provide a lot of insight from his perspective and what we should be looking for. So it shouldn't be something that I go into blindly. Like any other large investment, I really should have the the right expertise uh, alongside me when I'm making this kind of an investment, right? For sure. And in commercial, there's a lot more checks to do. I mean, if you're purchasing land to build something, you have to do soil testing. There's a lot that goes into commercial properties, even more so than residential. So, you know, a lot of people wouldn't go into a residential property without a home inspection. You should never go into a commercial property without proper representation. And what are you noticing there with your clients then, Asif? Um, Are they looking to make these types of investments even with interest rates slowly inching up? They are. And, you know, commercial real estate is a totally different animal than <laughs> residential real estate. So, you know, again, it's uh, it's for the experienced investor. It's not for the amateurs. I mean, you know, the the new investor is always going to gravitate towards residential because it's, it's easier to get into. It's easier to rent out. Uh, it's easier to sell, whereas commercial is a little more difficult. So you, you want to have the proper representation to help you with all those questions. When I look at commercial real estate then, I know that you already talked about a couple of things, but what areas am I looking at? You said there are those plaza properties. What what else is out there in terms of 
on the menu for a commercial investment um, option for me? The easiest commercial investment is obviously a business for sale. And you see a lot of people that are being packaged out from companies. They'll look to become their own boss and open up a business. So, uh, you know, again, with opening up a business, there's two factors to it. Are you going to be renting space? Are you going to be purchasing space to, to build out? You know, our commercial also includes vacant land. Now, uh, if you have vacant land, what type of zoning is it? So there's a lot of things to look at when we're talking commercial uh, real estate, and uh, we can help you get through all those. And are those opportunities, um, do they exist here in the region, or do I have to look beyond the region? Um, am I looking, you know, in the heart of Toronto proper? Where am I looking? The region has some great opportunities. I mean, the farther north you go, the more opportunities you have. But even in Markham, there's a lot of industrial space that's available, a lot of office space that's available. You know, plazas, in Markham doesn't have a lot of plazas available right now. But as you go north, you can pick up a, a small seven or eight unit plaza for pretty cheap. So, you know, it depends on where you want to be. And, and what you're looking at when you're purchasing a little plaza or a gas station is the traffic that's going to be moving in. So you're looking at the future of that area to help guide your decision. Now, I know nothing is a sure thing, and you can't guarantee anything, um, but would you advise clients who have um, perhaps um, the time and the effort and the money to invest, would this be an area that they should look at? It should. I mean, you could look at, um, you know, it, again, it depends on the client and, and their risk appetite, if you want to call it. <laughs> but there's uh, there's a lot of opportunity. So, you know, the opportunity, there's, there's so many. It's a vast range that you can look at. And uh, I would explore it for sure. And even if you're looking to you know, build your portfolio, you, you want to have as diverse a portfolio as possible because you don't just want residential properties. You don't just want commercial properties. A, a good mix is probably what I would recommend. Terrific. That's good advice. When we come back, as Asif mentioned, we take a closer look at commercial real estate with an expert in the field. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. More with Asif Khan and Remax Prime Properties when we come back. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. We're joined now by commercial real estate expert Craig Snow from Remax Nova. Craig, just looking at some numbers, and you are ranked number five in Canada and number 11 in the world. That is incredible. Thanks, Asif. Uh, yeah, it takes... Uh a lot of hard work to to get to those uh, positions uh, in Canada and the world, but uh, you know I think Remax has a great brand and and uh, it certainly helps uh, you know agents like myself in the market. It does, and, and Remax uh, just to touch on that, they've been flying under the radar in the commercial business for a while now, and uh, it's really starting to move up. It really is. I mean. Remax Commercial itself as a brokerage is uh, one of the top 25 in the world, and I think in the last rankings, I mean, and there's there's hundreds of commercial brokerages out there. I mean, I think the last ranking put them at number 15. We have about 3,000 uh, agents worldwide that do strictly commercial, and about 600 of them uh, reside here in Canada. That's awesome. Now, tell us a little bit about what people are looking for in terms of commercial space. Are you, are you looking, uh, are you seeing a growth in, 
in commercial space, industrial space, office space? Where's the growth? Well, right now uh, we see an oversupply of office. So, you know, vacancy rates right across the country in most segments are, are seeing vacancy rates in the office side of 10% or greater. Uh, the industrial side is uh, a little bit now here in Toronto. It's about 3%. Back our way runs at around 6%. Uh, but the biggest demand right now in the country on the commercial side is the multi-residential, uh, the residential side. And that's because more and more people, I mean, the government in Ontario just came out with some huge tax advantages for purchasing multi-unit uh, residential. That's correct. Uh, and, and so have, uh, you know, other provinces, you know, the... Uh, province, the, the provincial governments as well as the federal government have programs out there, and especially on the low rental side, there seems to be a push for that to, to help uh, people get into some form of residency. And it gives a little bit of a lift some, for some of these properties that are in not so, you know, desired locations. And, uh, you know, the landlords can invest in these properties. Are you Sorry, go ahead, Asa. Are you uh, seeing a lot of rejuvenation, like older buildings being converted uh, into condos? Or, or what what is the trend in, in multi-unit residential? I mean, it, it's a great way to get affordable housing into the mix. But what are you seeing in terms of older buildings? Are they being converted? And do you see any potential for the extra office space around the country being converted into maybe residential? Yeah, we've seen, a, uh, over the last few years, we've seen developers, builders, developers move into, you know, good locations and buy, you know, some of the older buildings with the possibility of repositioning them. Uh, they look at reinvesting in these buildings and maybe turning them into condos or lofts, uh, and either they enter into the rental market or they enter into the condo market. Uh, lately now, the marking, you know, from what I see here in Toronto, the market is softening a little bit. Uh, on the buying side with inventory growing. Uh, so we're seeing most of your builder developers now buying these properties and turning them into pure rental. Is there a, a hot area, whether it's um, here in the region or across the country, that is hot right now for the multi-residential market? Um, Toronto has lack of inventory, so it's always going to be a hot commodity, and the GTA in particular. Uh, there's just you know there, there's a shortage of the availability of, of of investment on that side, but you know the hottest spot right now is where I'm from in Halifax. Uh, right now we're looking at you know leading the country on investment. We have uh, a lot of institutional buyers and funds down there looking for potential acquisitions, and they say that Halifax at four percent growth this year will lead the country, and it's and it's on the real estate side anyways. So if we have listeners who want to make an investment, and we know that we have listeners here in the region who have invested in properties outside of the country, um, if they want to invest in this kind of um, multi-residential unit, how much are they looking to spend, at least to get into the game? Um, depending on location and everything, regardless of what market you're in, the, the location will dictate the pricing. But if you were to get into, a, you know, a, let's say it. 10 or a 12 unit building in the Toronto area uh, you know in the core area it's probably you're looking at about a three and a half cap so your investment's going to be around three to four hundred thousand dollars to get into like you know a, a small little building uh, and they're hard to find so most of these investors uh, are looking sort of the outskirts of Toronto so Mississauga uh, they're going to areas like Guelph uh, um, you know, Oshawa, those areas are a little bit more affordable. You get a better return on your money. 
Uh, but generally, though, someone wanting to invest, you're looking at about 25 to 30 percent. And if you look at, you know, you said the hot market on the East Coast, what am I looking to invest or spend there? Well, unlike Toronto, I mean, cap rates, uh, which is, you know, the return that people are expecting in Toronto range like three and a half, four percent. Whereas in Halifax right now, you can get into a new product at around a five percent return. And some of our older product is trading around six, six and a half percent. So it's very attractive for some of these investors, and hence they're coming to the East Coast. Now, Craig, you mentioned the cap rates. Now, that's the rate of return. Can you just go into a little more detail for our listeners and explain what a cap rate is? A cap rate is the capitalization rate on the property. So after you factor in what the revenues are on the property, which is the gross income, uh, then you a- apply what your expenses are. Uh, at the end, of the, at the end, you, you come up with a net operating income. Now, that net operating income is a is a is divided into the purchase price. So, depending on your area, uh, you know, to look at like a three and a half or four cap return in the Toronto area, uh, you know, that would basically give you your purchase price. But if you're going outside the Toronto area and you're looking at a five to six percent return. Uh, you know, that is a factor of the NOI. So something that's valued at $10 million in the GTA could be valued $8 million just outside the GTA. Um, then you get into what kind of financing is available out there. Now with mortgage rates starting to climb, these cap rates are going to start pushing up. There's going to be some pressure to push them upwards because, uh, you know, financing rates are now moving into three and three and a half where they were at like 1.8, 1.9%. So if you're buying at a three and a half cap, you're lucky if you're basically going to break even on that property. It almost seems like this is an investment that is too good to be true. There must be risks involved with doing something like this. Well, there is always a risk, uh, regardless whether it's a multi-res, whether it's a plaza, whether it's an office building. There's always risks involved when you're buying investment properties, and that's why it's important to do a proper due diligence. And due diligence, I mean, you know, investigate the financials on the property. Uh, you know, make sure, you know, the tent space in there, you know, that you look at if there's been any vacancies. Uh, because most... Uh, most vendors of properties, there's a reluctancy to give you all the information that you need. So you need to see what the repairs and maintenance history has been on the property. You need to see what the vacancy rate has been on that property. What kind of bad debt has that property seen? So mm. there's a lot of factors that an investor needs to look at. And unfortunately, this is where it can go wrong for an investor, a first-time investor. They're not given this information. What about plazas? I mean, we have a lot of uh, investors looking for shopping plazas or commercial space that they can rent out. Can you shed any uh, light on that? And and who would be an ideal candidate or tenant? Um, most plazas, I mean, they, they're ranked in classes. So you got an A class, a B class, or a C class. Your A class is your anchors. So they have anchors like your shopper's drug mart or, or there's a grocery chain. And, the, and these are like a class A anchored plaza. Then you get into your B and C classes. And that's where you have your pizza shops or your little convenience stores or, or it might be a dry cleaner or, you know, uh, those are sort of B and C class. And they are ranked, you know, based on uh, the type of tenancy that's in there. So A class would, would be more expensive to buy, whereas a B or C class type of plaza, older, probably needs some upgrades. Uh, you know, would would be more affordable to buy, but at the same time, now you're going into a risk factor. What are these tenants like? 
you know, how long will they be in there? Am I only in there? For, are they only going to be in there for six months and then I'm looking for another tenant? So you really have to, you know, take a look at what kind of tenancy is in there, how long they've been there. But if they've only been there for a year or less than a year, then you really need to, you know, put your guard up and say, okay, what am I buying here? Because those particular plazas can run with about a 10% vacancy. It sounds like there's a lot of information here, and um, you know, it sounds like if I were interested in whether it was a, a multi-residential unit or a plaza investment, a commercial investment, that I need an expert alongside me, that this is not something that I can do it alone or that I can't do without some sort of expert guidance. That, that, well, that's correct. I say that all the time. I mean, you know, I come from an office with about 143 agents, and there's only about four or five of us that actually do commercial. And what I see in a lot of cases is that I see these residential agents that want to do the commercial deal, but because of their lack of experience and lack of knowledge in that field, they can make mistakes. And those mistakes are then, you know, on the back of the buyer that's buying that particular property. Thank you, Craig, for joining us. Again, that was commercial real estate expert Craig Snow. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com and click on On the Market section. When we come back, the advantages of having your own representation. You're listening to On the Market on 1059 The Region. Stay with us. More with Asif Khan and Remax Prime Properties when we come back. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. We are joined now by Heather Cooper from REMAX Prime Properties. Heather, welcome to the show. Thanks, Asif. Now, Heather, you do a lot of work with buyers, and there's a misconception out there when, when buyers say they would like to deal with the listing agent for a better deal. Now, can you tell us a little bit about why this is not in the best interest of the buyer? I highly recommend that the buyers do not go directly to the listing agent because the listing agent has a loyalty to the seller. It's true. They, they are in a contract with them. They're in a contract. They, they're representing them. They're not representing you. So why, why would I consider that as, as a seller? Why would I even consider that in the first place? Why would that be a good option? Because I would save that commission money? Is that why it would be an option for me? I, I think that's the general perception, uh, right, Heather? I, I mean, I think people go there and think, well, I'm going to save the 2.5% that they would pay another agent. But uh, I think the pitfalls are, you know, when, when you're looking at it that way, you're not getting the true benefit of uh, a buyer agent. Now, as someone representing a buyer, what do you do for the client that a listing agent may or may not have to? Um, definitely negotiate the numbers. If somebody is double-ending and you're on the buyer side, um, working with the listing agent, they can't tell you numbers and they will not negotiate in your favor. What does double-ending mean? Sorry. Tell me what that means. A double-ending is when you sell and um, also help the buyer buy the place as well. Wow. So it sounds like double-dipping. That's exactly what it is, okay. yes. Exactly. And what we want to do is, as a seller's representative, you want to get the sellers the highest price. Sure. As a buyer's representative, you want to get the buyers the best price. So that probably poses a problem. There's a conflict there, of course, right? right? There's no way that somebody can be 
representing the best interests of both parties in a situation like that. Absolutely not. So what else, Heather, then, do you do for your clients? Because, you know, um, I think that a lot of people these days consider, oh, you know what, why do I need a real estate? It's such a hot market. All I need to do is put the sign out and I can do this on my own and save myself some money. Why do you say that's not the best way to go? It's a terrible idea. Now, again, I deal a lot on the buyer side and going into these homes, the seller is going to tell you their home is perfect. There's no issues with it, right? And, and the way the market is, too, where they were forfeiting the home inspections, you know, it's up to us to go through as well and be able to identify problems, right? So that's one way that we represent them. And another way, obviously, aside from the negotiations, is um, the paperwork, the contracts, everything else. They can't do it on their own. And you want someone to, what you're saying is you want someone to protect you. Having the same agent represent two sides, you're not necessarily protecting one of the parties. No, you're not. Right. And what's what's the value in having a home inspection? Because I think, especially during that period where, you know, the homes are just going so quickly, why do you think um, that we should take that pause and have the home inspection done? So I was just um, at a home and uh, somebody was trying to list it for sale and there was two floods in the home. There was two floods that had happened, so there was significant damage. And the seller was trying to tell me to just leave it. It's fine, just leave it, don't worry, you can try and sell it. But you know what? Like that's that's not okay. So if you think about it, if a buyer was to come and approach these people directly, would they be getting the truth? You don't know. Right, absolutely. So there is value in spending that few hundred bucks on a home inspector. True, and and a home inspector is trained to look at certain things. They they know what to look for. They, they know what's happened in the area with other houses. So you're paying for that experience and you're paying for knowledge. And that's something that you can't replace. And it's only a couple hundred dollars. And that's what I tell my clients too. Um, spend the money. Especially when you're making that kind of investment, right? They always tell us it's one of the biggest investments of your lives. So spend those extra few hundred bucks and get it done properly, right? And now that the market has softened as well, it's, you know, now we have time we don't have to go in firm on all these deals. So people have time. I highly recommend that you go and get a home inspection. How then, as um, a buyer, do I see past those cosmetic things that, um, that you know, happen when we're staging our homes to sell them? So how, what kind of advice do you have for someone going into a home to say, okay, yeah, yeah, there's a paint job on that wall, but look behind that and look what's here and how will this work for you? What, do you, what advice do you give them? Well, the best thing is to go through with me. We go through together. Right. And I can guide them through, look past the aesthetics, look past the staging and really kind of get right in there. Open up the windows, see if they, you know, usually on the windows, there's a date, see the date that the windows were installed. Um, Walking around looking for cracks, things like that. Absolutely. Asif? So basically uh, you're taking them through with with a different perspective, almost to to take the emotion out of it and have them look at. The, the actual bones of the home, right? Exactly, because buyers do get very emotional. They walk in and they're not seeing it the way that we see it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a great point is that emotional connection that we feel with some of these homes, it blinds us, doesn't it? It does. Especially when you know you have bright pink walls or bright orange walls because that's the first thing a buyer will notice. And to a seller, this is their home. They've been living with this home, and they like it because that's personal taste. But, you know, Heather's right, and you have to take that emotional uh, aspect out of it and look at the home from a, almost a, a bland type of view. 
Right. Heather, what are you noticing out there in terms of what are, what are folks looking for in a home? What do they want to see? Is it the pool? Is it a renovated kitchen? Is it an entertainment area? What is that um, feature in the home that is really kind of going, yeah, that does it for me? Right now, I'm finding with my buyers, they want open concept. They want everything open. So they want the kitchen. They want the beautiful, you know, family room. And another thing I'm noticing, too, is they don't want division. So they don't want a living room and a family room. They just want one big great room, a big beautiful kitchen, all of it to be together. Wow. And that doesn't seem new, right? I mean, I think that open concept idea has been around for a while. It's been around for a while, for sure. But it's a huge selling feature. And and traditionally, uh, I mean, if you look at... uh 15, 20 years ago, people wanted the separate dining room and, and the separate family room because they felt the space was, uh, you know, for a specific use. Whereas right now, it's one big space. Everyone gathers together. That's so true. Right. Absolutely. Now, what about in terms of um, single detached homes, bungalows, two stories? What are we seeing that is really, you know, um, a hot right now? Townhomes are pretty popular right now. You know what? It's affordable for people. To get into the market. It's a great way to get into the market. It's a great way to get into the market. And these townhomes that they're building out here um, in Markham are absolutely phenomenal. They have double garages. They're big. They're beautiful. And, you know, they're affordable. And I think as people's lives get busier, they're looking for high-density housing. So, you know, they're looking for the smaller lots with the townhomes or or their semis and even condos. If you look at the number of condos that are being built in the region right now, uh, it surpasses any other uh, numbers from previous years. And it's because the demand is there and the high-density aspect is, is driving sales right now. And the low-maintenance as well. That's another thing that I'm yeah. finding. Right. People oh, are busy. Sense. Heather, thank you for joining us. That was Heather Cooper from REMAX Prime Properties. Asif, we only have a few minutes left to take a couple of questions from our listener. Uh, this one is from listeners, rather. This is from Sarah. She says, I also read that while renovating kitchens is a good thing to do, making the renovation very high-end is a waste of money because buyers don't want that. They want their own style and they don't want something that's over the top. Is that true? Again, that's very subjective because I've seen some fabulous kitchen renovations that have been over the top and that's been the attraction for that property. So, you know, when you spend money on the right stuff, then people are going to be attracted to it. But, you know, if you're putting in some type of high-end stove that needs special pots, which we had in, in one instance, that doesn't appeal to buyers. So they don't see the value in that. But as long as they can see the value in the renovation and they know that the quality is there, then I would say if you're going to renovate, go all out and renovate it properly. That makes sense. Thanks, Asif. Uh, great advice as usual. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. You can connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion, or you can call us at 416-335-1059, or email info at 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. This is 1059 The Region.